Disclaimer. This is a disclaimer up front here at the top of the podcast to let you know, in case you are checking out Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball for the very first time, that today's episode was a little different, a little unorthodox, if you will. Myself and fellow comedian Mike Bryanstein, who's with me always, decided to do something a little different for this week's Comedians Talking Baseball. The trade deadline was today, and we thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to go live for the trade deadline? So we did exactly that. We went live on Facebook. Might do Periscope next time. I think it's a better feed. Anyway, we went live while having our computers and our phones, refreshing them constantly. We had ESPN in the background. We wanted to get as much breaking information out there as possible and, uh, and comment on it in real time. That's what we wanted to do. But because of that, the two of us were all over the place telling stories. We are getting a little sloppy. We were speculating a lot. And it was different. And I'm only doing this disclaimer because... You know, we're still a pretty new podcast. We're still a little baby. And in case you guys are checking my baby out, I want you thinking, I don't want you thinking that, oh, is this how they do business? Is this how they do business? They're all silly and goofy, and they can't keep a, a thought stream going for more than two seconds without getting distracted by something shiny. A couple idiots I'm listening to right here. I don't want you thinking that. We're not. We're great. We're very funny. We give you the perfect blend of comedy and baseball insight. And if you're a baseball lover, you're going to love this podcast. Uh, thank you for all those who keep listening and keep supporting. Really appreciate that. Tell your friends. Tell your mom and dad. Tell everyone you know. Make conversation with a stranger. And let them know you listen to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball. And if you're also listening to this for the first time, every Wednesday I drop a podcast with me and a different comedian each week in which we talk about current events. And we also review a 30 for 30 po- uh, podcast, I was going to say, a 30 for 30 documentary on the podcast. Uh, yeah, so again, you know, you follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, it goes a long way. It's Comedians Talking Sports. Actually, on Twitter, it's Comedy Sports Pod. You could look us up on iTunes, Comedians Talking Sports, SoundCloud, my website, joekilgallon.com, all that good stuff. I've got a little bit of popcorn stuck in the back of my throat, and it's bothering me a little bit. The wife just got back from Chicago and picked up some, some of the famous Garrett's popcorn there, and uh, it's, it's in the back of the teeth a little bit, and it's showing up in my voice. But if this is your first time listening, go back to the other episodes to get a uh, Get an idea of our flavor, of our give and go, our give and take, how we hit with runners in scoring position, that sort of thing, and you'll really enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, here is Comedians Talking Baseball. Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball, our weekly MLB recap podcast where myself and comedian Mike Bridenstein recap the week that was in our favorite sport, the sport of baseball. It's a good sport. And this is a special edition because we're going live here on Facebook. Uh, So if you're listening to the podcast in the future, we Bill O'Reilly got shit on us. Yeah, he's got nothing. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We're doing it live. And uh, yeah, we're doing this because we got ESPN in the back. I should probably mute that. Uh, we're covering Major League Baseball's trade deadline. The deadline ends in about 15 minutes from now. I've got my computer up. I'm following all the experts on Twitter so we can get the live breaking info. So far, a few big deals have gone by. Yeah, since, especially since we talked last week. Yes. Last week, we had talked about the possibility of Cubs getting Chapman, which we found out later that night the Cubs did get. Aroldis right. Aroldis I screwed that up a lot Aroldis Chapman Sorry And, uh, and that, that was a big trade Because that kind of set the market And you brought this to my attention This is not my theory But it was the Theo Chaos Theory It's called Theo Chaos Theory And uh, a couple people are watching I think Tom Craddock What's up man I like to say what's up to the people Who are hey, taking their time Out of their lunch break perhaps To check in with us Yeah so Theo Chaos Theory Basically goes like this Theo Epstein Cubs president 
people think of him as the GM, but it's really Jed he's, Hoyer. Yeah, but he's, he's the president of baseball operations. President of baseball operations. He's the godfather. He's Theo. Yeah. He, he just, his possession just, is Theo. He's like the only baseball executive or sports executive where people are just calling by his first name. He's right. Theo. Nobody yeah. else goes like that. Magic? Well, magic was magic before he came. <laughs> Come on. Don't, don't do that. All right, I'm just messing with you. But the idea is he went hard after Chapman, overpaid for him, and got him early just to set the market into a frenzy. Well, they gave up their top prospect. They gave up Gleyber Torres. Uh, I, don't I, really, know. I really like our two and three better than I like Torres, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean. I like Happ and Jimenez better. Yeah, Jimenez had that amazing catch in the Futures game. And he's, he, his numbers look better to me, too. And the same age. I don't understand how one got rated higher. Maybe because of a little bit of defense, speed. I don't know. That's Keith Law about that. Yeah, sometimes they're a little off on that, though. We've seen that in the past. <laughs> and uh, I love that idea because, to me, it reminded me of, people forget this. When Theo first took over as Cubs uh, president of baseball operations, Albert Pujols was a free agent from the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The Cubs were bidding on Pujols. Which was? Which was BS. They didn't want him. They only yeah. did that to price him out of the Cardinals' range. That's funny. That's that's smart business, though. If you're competing like that, that's genius. So what Theo Cardinals are playing did, checkers here. Yeah, we're playing chess, motherfucker. So what Theo, Theo did was I'm going to give four prospects, which on paper everyone's going to say, well, that's too much for a, a two-month rental. Is of a Adam closer. Warren a prospect? He's not a prospect, but the idea was the other two. Uh, had you heard of the other two? I have. Yeah. Okay. No, I I, I read all this McKinney stuff. McKinney and and the other guy. Yeah. Um, I already forgot his name. So yeah. Rashid. Rashid something. They're on the Yankees Rash- now. Yeah, they're Yankees now. Do they throw 105? They do not. So uh, one second here. I got to hit this button. Oh, oh, we're, we're back. back. We're back. <laughs> so the idea behind the Theo Chaos theory was that we have four players where on paper, I remember baseball experts ever were saying the Cubs overpaid. You know, they, I guess that's the price to pay. No, I think Theo was more than they happy. overpaid. They paid high. They paid high, but the idea was none of these players had a future with our team anyway. Right, there's so no why spot. Not? There's no spot at short for Torres. I he's be, blocked by a 22-year-old. He's blocked by a 22-year-old, and and Baez a 23-year-old. Right. When you think about it, yeah. he's third on the depth chart. Yeah. So I, I really, I love the idea of let's let's give up players that we're not going to use anyway, even if it looks like we're overpaying. Who cares? Because that will set a domino effect on the rest of the market. They will have to. Other teams will have to pay big for. Andrew Miller, other teams will have to pay big for Will Smith, other teams will have to pay big for Melanson, whoever Melanson, yeah, that was a, Pirates got, and the weird thing about the Pirates, the Pirates, that was the next trade after Chapman. The Pirates traded uh, their closer, Mark Mark Melanson, for uh, a top prospect from the Nationals. They got a a good piece in play. But now the Pirates are also rumored to be going after Matt Moore from from the Tampa Bay Rays, and they're, they're rumored for a couple other deals. Nova from the Yankees. See, they're so what? they're not really giving up. No, you thought it was a white flag trade, right? I At first I did, but then I realized I heard people say that they did not need to win with Melanson. He's a free agent at the end of the year. They could get something now as opposed to giving him up for free on the market next year and not necessarily look like sellers. That is not necessarily their biggest glaring weakness. They're three out of the wild card. Yeah, I didn't. Th- I usually, well, that's something. I'll tell you. Most teams, when they're three games out of the wild card, aren't giving up a closer. No. You know. So, but the closer is something that it's such a confidence booster to a team. You know, yeah. the Cubs are thinking, all right, you know, Chapman's got that baggage, but he throws 105. You know, a lot of teams think that the Nationals fucked up uh, by not going harder after Miller or not going harder after Chapman, and that they're really going to regret it. In the postseason. They might. Papelbon is struggling, that's for sure. But, you know, Melanson gives you an upgrade there, but it's not what the Cubs and the Indians did. 
Well, yeah, the Indians getting Miller, and then the next thing that happened a couple days ago, or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Jonathan Lucroy, starting catcher for the Milwaukee <sighs> Brewers, who's a coveted piece by several teams, Indians especially, because they lost yeah. their catcher. Yeah. Indians make the deal. Brewers are, are like, okay. He has 10 teams on his no-trade list. Cleveland is one of them. What an idiot. And Well, yeah, you're saying what an idiot, but these guys have these no – it's always weird. I've got a no-trade list. It's I don't want right, to go to these It's his, his right, right to do it if, if Cleveland was on his list. Doesn't he know about LeBron? Doesn't he know that Cleveland is no longer a loserville? Maybe he Mistake by the lake. That's done. Cleveland has too much press this summer. Maybe he doesn't want Cleveland to turn into Boston where all their fans become increasingly annoying. He probably thought if I go there, they're going to win it all, and now everyone's going to hate that city. Let them ride the championship high with the Don't Cavs. you want to catch that staff? You'd think. Or, or I don't know. Are catchers like that? I don't know. I don't know catchers who are like, oh, I can't wait to go catch a complicated staff. <laughs> I mean, they're all great, but that's hard stuff to handle. Yeah, but you're a catcher. Don't you want the best pitcher, or do you not care? I think you care. I think you do. I think A.J. Ellis cares. Well, he has to. Yeah. He can't hit. That's, that's, <laughs> it always cracks me up about those, those players who only, like, man, well, he's a great fielder, though. He's a great fielder. Well, yeah, he'd be not, he wouldn't have a job if he couldn't yeah. do one of those things right. You can't suck at hitting and fielding and play in Major League Baseball. It's one or the no, other. No, yeah. I, right? mean, you, I mean, unless you're a pitcher. Yes, but I mean, yes, yeah, you're, you're John Lester. You're good at pitching, totally. Hey, John Lester, though, we got to talk about that. We're we skipping s- around too much. But we are skipping around too much. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the amazing Sunday night baseball game last night between the Cubs and Mariners because that, that game was an all time great. All time great game. Talk about highs and lows. I mean, if, if you're a baseball fan and you couldn't enjoy that, or if you're a fan of sports and you can enjoy that, then, you know, go, go suck your own dick. I don't know what to tell you. To quote Mo Welch, who's been on this podcast. My wife enjoyed that game, and she did not want to watch it. She was annoyed with me that it was on. She saw that wild pitch. Holy shit, she's back in. My wife enjoyed watching that game because she enjoyed how calm I was throughout it. <laughs> I, well, because I picked her up from the airport. I guess we're going to talk about the game now. Okay. We, we, we have to wait for more breaking news anyway to see what's going on. As yeah. far as, let me just refresh that real quick. You tagged me in a post. That's all I know. All right. Told Angels and Twins are making a deal. That's cash neutral. I don't care what's cash neutral, okay? Fans could give a shit about that for the most part. It always cracks me up, though, right? And they're always like, well, well what kind of money's going back in the deal? Where's the talent? Where's the talent? I assume all these, these teams got to win now. If win not now, now when? What the trade line is. Well, that's why the baseball trade deadline to me is the most exciting in all sports. By far, of any trade deadline. Football, there's no trades, really. Rarely is there a trade, unless the guy's a complete mental case. Yeah, football is a communist sport, anyway. Is, is that right? It's socialism. No, you're right. The NFL is, is ran like a socialist government. Communist, yeah. really, even. Yeah. So more every we'll team thinks they have a shot. Come on. It's true. If you're listening and you're thinking, what the hell are these two talking about by saying the NFL is a socialist uh, government, basically. They all have the same chance. They all have the same salary cap, Right. The revenue How about sharing. getting paid for talent, you know? You know? And, and think about it this way, too. The, the givers team, and the takers. Yeah, basically. Baseball's you, American that way. Capitalist as fuck, son. The when, rich get richer. The Cubs get Chapman. Well, yeah, usually the Cubs weren't one of the rich teams, though. I don't like to think of us that way, even though the we should have been all this time. The trade deadline is as American as apple pie and no middle class. It's as American as apple pie and getting away with crimes that, because you have privilege, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. All right. Um, the game last night, though, Cubs-Mariners, was an, it was one of the most exciting games. And uh, the Cubs, for some stupid reason in a contract clause, had to start this bum. They wanted to give him a shot. Yeah, I get it. And I like the idea of every now and then let's throw another uh, spot starter in there to give the rotation an extra He's day. He's the seventh guy to I'm start cool for that. the Cubs this year. 
That's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. That's been a very healthy starting rotation. July 31st, seven guys start. That's How many incredible. guys have started for the Dodgers? 27? About, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking it's a lot, though. So They've had Kershaw in every pitcher ever. And they're going to they're keeping. They just added Rich Hill today, too, which we'll get to in a second. Let me talk about the game, though. The Cubs were down 6 nothing after oh, three innings. we got breaking news. We have breaking news, everybody. We have to interrupt this. The Rangers got Lucroy. The Rangers got Lucroy and pitcher Je Jeremy Jeffress. That's a stupid last name. From the <laughs> Brewers. Who is in return? It's probably going to be Joey Gallo. It's got to be centered around Joey Gallo. They're not giving up Gallo this year, are they? Because Fielder's out. They just picked up Carlos Beltran. Although Gallo has sucked. Yeah. There is something to say about that when you bring up a prospect too early and they look like crap, you ruin their value. You know, Smart teams will look past it, but some teams will be like, nah, you're not going to get that One of my biggest pet peeves is that they always say who went where, but not for who. I know that Lucroy is the bigger name. but it's I know. Well, let me know because I want to know if they got ripped off. I want to know who did what. That's what's fun about the trade deadline, too. You want to think that your guys, the people you like, are fleecing the other side. Keith Law will know who they got. We're never, this he is said something about Gallo. If you're listening to the podcast, normally we're better about this. We're trying to hear Keith Law. I'm jacking the volume. Luis Ortiz. You always know who they traded for. Let me see this. Got two minutes. Two minutes on the clock. But we're still going to find stuff out. Well, what the fuck is this? Rosenthal's got nothing. Rangers get Luke Ryan and Jim Jeffers. But Cubs, he get the Joe Cubs Smith. get Joe Smith? Reliever from the Angels? Oh, they're talking about it right now. Okay. He's a side armor. I like his stuff. His name is Joe Smith. Boring. Sounds like... Sounds like he's awful at baseball is what it sounds like. If your name is Joe Smith, you can't play baseball. Your name has to be Gliber Torres for me to give a fuck. Who are we giving up then? Someone's got to get released. The Cubs right now have eight relievers. Yeah, I don't know. And they just dropped Justin Grimm right now. Think about this. Though. They could have got rid of Mattis. Reggie Bush? That's not. Either way, though, where's the roster spot? Oh, Reggie Bush is going to the Bills. That's something. That's a great NFL <laughs> alert right there for you. I was reading the bottom without noticing it was NFL. Okay, let me talk about this game, and then we'll go yeah, more yeah. into the trades. Two minutes yeah. left. We'll, we'll interrupt as it goes along. If you're a regular listener of this show, you know normally we're a little more organized, but it's the trade deadline. We're, we're we decided to go live. We, we, we told you we were going to go live we for the trade We told you we were going live, so this is live. This is as live as live can be. So the Cubs were down 6 nothing into 3. It goes to the bullpen. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's a loss for us. It's, it's a loss. The Cubs, I, I, I chalk it up going, all right, we're going to lose 2 out of 3 to Seattle. Probably because they haven't come back from 6 runs down after a certain inning since like 2012. It's been a few years, right? And I'm thinking, all right, I'm trying to calm myself, thinking the Cardinals already lost today, the Pirates already lost today. It's just another day off the calendar. Cardinals epically lost. Yeah, too. they got smoked. And it's like, all right, fine, I'll relax. And because I was so relaxed, as they were chipping away, and, and of all the pen pitchers, that, the whole bullpen was amazing, of course. I had to go C.J. Edwards, mm -hmm. Carl Edwards Jr. goes by now because his dad died, so he wanted to honor his dad's name. It was amazing. He pitched the fourth and fifth inning, struck out five of the six batters he faced, dominant fashion. Yeah. Then through, but the story, I think, before the actual conclusion of the game, the walk-off bunt, 
is Travis Wood. Travis Wood goes into left. He played a whole inning in left field in which he made an amazing catch that into a lot of left IV. fielders don't even make. No, ball, ball, ball. Come on. Like, think about this, though. I, I joked on Twitter saying that he's already a better defensive left fielder than Jorge Soler and Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, Schwarber is, doesn't make that catch. Soler definitely doesn't. Soler does not make that catch. The no, because I think Schwarber man. actually has better range than Soler. Well, not these days. Well, yeah, no shit. He can't really walk. <laughs> but even in his playing days, I think that's obvious. Joe Madden gave Kyle Schwarber the opening day start in Anaheim when he could have that's DH'd just him. Amazing that, they, that Madden has well, – he's played him at least twice in left this year, Travis Wood. Yes, and, even, and well, Pedro Strope even got an inning out in left. Or not an inning, but a batter. So what the whole idea was, they put Travis Wood out in left, knowing the bullpen was pleated and yeah. depleted. And the idea was, all right, I could keep him in left field, and then when another lefty comes in, I could come, have him come back in. Which so is bananas on its own. Well, it's, it's bananas because it's such a weird thing. I've never heard of a reliever. I wonder, if that, does, that, does that worry your arm? The idea that, okay, he pitched a whole inning, now he's hanging out in left field, now he's going to come back in and face a batter. It's That's pretty unorthodox. Very unorthodox, but it worked. No, no runs were scored. It held the lead. That is one of those things, though, that if the Cubs had lost 6-5, we would have been, like, let's say that ball goes over his head. We would have all been crying a river today about we, how we, cute Madden got. I, you're right. You're right. But it, guess what? It worked. He, he does get a little too cute for me sometimes, Joe Madden. There are time, he's, just a, he's a mad genius. Him and Theo are such a perfect combination together with how they view baseball and how they think outside the box and they find value where nobody else finds value. value. But Joe Madden, I'm telling you, that dude, I wish I could hang out with him. Madden? Joe, I, Joe Madden I would heard be he that. I he likes uh, artisanal honey. I heard he knows about expensive chocolate. I believe that. I bet that, he likes craft beer. That dude is very well read. I bet he could give you a craft beer that you like. The thing is, though, I'm not crazy about craft beer. So I know, I'd that's be what I'm like, saying. Like, I'd one be like, Joey, like. just, you know, get me, get me a Stella. He could give you like a real hoppy beer and you'd enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe I, the thing with Holly, don't bark. My dog's barking. When, um, when it comes to craft Hill beer, Josh Reddick to there's the a few I like, but the problem is it's just too many different ones. So I like one craft beer. I go to a bar and I'm like, all right, I'll try that Brooklyn Lager, whatever the hell it is, or, or, or you know, Reddick's Rogue Brewery or some crap. I'm saying that because JJ uh, Reddick was on TV. Not JJ Reddick, Josh Reddick. JJ Reddick, hell of a three point shooter. <laughs> and I'll try it. Like, all right, it's pretty good beer. And then guess what? I'll go to another. I'll go to a different bar sometime, and I'm like, oh, they don't have that beer I liked the one time before. So then they're like, oh, do you want to try one of these twelve different beer taps? And I'm like, no, because there's a great chance one of them sucks. Or I know that Miller Lite always consistent. I know Heineken's always good. I know Stella's always good. And I know Guinness if I'm in an Irish pub, because if you're not in an Irish pub, they don't own a poor Guinness, and it's just it'll ruin your day. It's really it's sad times. <laughs> All right, the trade deadline is is now. We're, we're done. We're done. With the trade we deadline. We might find out some but stuff. But you find out stuff later because as long as they have, like, they put in a thing. Because remember when the, the Cubs famously got into Marcus Par in 2004? Yes. That was a whole hour and a half after the deadline that was named. Yeah. That was. I remember being like, He got such thought, an ovation. I went to his first game in Chicago the same day as Maddox was going for 300. And I waved all of uh, Mike Holmes's my roommate Mike Holmes's utilities, if I could have those his tickets. Really? He had an extra ticket. I go... Your utilities are waived. All the stuff you owe me, if I can have that ticket. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good trade. Can't blame you for that one at all right Speaking there. Speaking of trade deadlines. So, the uh, Rangers, wow. They, um, they got Beltron coming in at DH. He's a Hall of Famer. Is he? Oh, yeah. 400 home runs, 2,500 hits. Uh, his war is compared to other, like, 
center fielders is amazing. He's not a good center fielder anymore. They got him a DH. Oh, yeah, he's like 39 years old. They got Ian Desmond in center. and then, yeah, He uh, hasn't played center in years. He's been a corner outfielder for a long time. And they're picking up Lucroy. Wow. So, yeah, they had Lucroy and Beltran to a lineup that already has That's not what Beltran, that team needs, Desmond, though, unless Profar, they want to be like the Orioles. Mazzara. The Orioles haven't made any moves. The Orioles they got, can't. They got, no, they they got no Wade prospect. Miley. Did they get him? Yeah. Yeah, they probably didn't have to give him much, but they couldn't. Wade Miley's a solid back end of the rotation guy. He has a four-career ERA. He just happened to – oh, Will Smith going to the Giants. The Indians also brought got in Brandon Geyer. Indians added outfielder Brandon Geyer. So the Indians are the favorite in the Central, and they only get better with Miller. The favorite probably in the AL. They're probably in all of the AL. They've got an amazing starting pitching. They've got good offense, and they got Terry Francona, who's a great man. Oh, manager. the Tigers are still in there. Matt Moore, is he staying? He stays with the Rays. Are these the people who are staying or saying? It sounds like Matt Moore is staying. I, I understand the Rays. The Rays had no pressing issues in which they had to get rid of a starter. You know what I mean? Friend of the show, Brendan McGowan. Luke Roy blocked the, blocked the Indians deal because he is desperate to get out of his club option for next year, and Cleveland was going to exercise it. Anyway, he's on the Rangers. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. Thank you, Brendan McGowan, for letting us know that because – I, I just thought he was like, screw Cleveland. I thought he was just like, no, I've got these 10 teams on my trade list, and there's a reason I have he these 10 have teams on my trade them. list. Yeah. And he must you just have, thought. He probably just assumed they were going <coughs> to add uh, pick up the option. We were texting earlier, and you actually said what? Have you been, have to, you Cle been to Cleveland? <laughs> yeah. No, no offense to Cleveland. I actually have a lot of – there's a lot of friends who have been on this podcast, Communes Talking Sports. Yeah. I've had Rhea Butcher on several times. Sean Flannery, Ryan Dalton, our friend is – Sean Flannery, uh, Jason Lawhead. Of, I have four Clevelanders. On this podcast, yeah. almost more than next to Chicago, Cleveland's the city that's been most represented. Uh, it's a fun town. I've been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I have. I have uh, been to that place, Melt, that everyone talks about. That's just mm. cheese. He Overrated. was. He was but a Republican delegate from Illinois. I was. I was. I was there for that. Um, I shit my pants on the floor of the convention because <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But it was a good time. Good time, Cleveland. Anyhow, this is a little. The other big pieces that were rumored to go. Or Chris Sale, Quintana, the Sox, and Quintana, one of the two coveted Sox that. starters who are under control. Now the White Sox, I don't know most of the White Sox fans I know that I'm that I follow on Twitter badly wanted to see the Sox trade five or six people today. They want, you know, why? Because the Sox fans have seen what the Cubs have done on the North Side with the rebuild, yeah. and they're like, oh, we want that. We want to have. 10 awesome players under the age of 25 locked up for seven years. We like, that's what we want to do. Okay. And, and they know, and the thing was like, a lot of people say, well, they can't really dump everybody because then their attendance will go down to nothing. Attendance already is nothing. It already is bad. So they've already like, look, what, what else is going to happen? They might as well dump everybody and give them something to be excited about. The Sox lasted this in the early nineties. They had a campaign. <laughs> so the kids can play. Holly, stop that. Um, <laughs> My dog's just below the camera, so you guys can't see her. The dog's working the, uh, Here she's the your rig. Little face, your little face. All right. Yeah, she's knocking around. And I think the White Sox need to do the same thing again. So Chris Sale signed through two more years after this year yeah. at a great price, like Doesn't $12 like a Doesn't like the 76 throwbacks with the collar. He clearly has done some things that make me think he does not want to be a White Sox much longer. Well, he just doesn't want to be a 76 White Sox. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he was one of the first people to stick up for – Having Drake LaRoche in the locker room, I feel like. He went, he went ham on Kenny Williams over that, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been very vocal about things. He wasn't apologetic about cutting up the shirts. Can I stick up for him? I know that we talked about it last week before we actually had information. Yeah, go ahead, of course. You can say whatever you want, Mike. He said that they value marketing over wins with those fucking jerseys. And I got to say, yeah, cut those fuckers up. 
don't wear them. If, you're, if your ace, your star pitcher, says, I don't want to wear these, these are uncomfortable. The Pirates did acquire Nova from the Yankees, but for whom, we don't know. I have a Nova. breaking one. The Orioles picked up a couple smaller pieces, Pierce from the Rays, and... Oh, look at this. It's confirming the Giants get more from the race. So the race did trade him. So, so they got, starting they got Will Moore Smith and Matt Moore. And Matt Moore are both going to San Francisco. Man, Will Smith was maybe the... Does that scare you as a Cubs fan? <sighs> uh, that staff just got better. That was a scary staff to begin with. I guess Beltron is official. We already knew that. For Dylan... Nick, I don't know who those guys are. I think the Yanks got a good good piece or two for that. They were really saying that the Yanks have done so. Anyway, so the, the one theory was with Chris Sale. And look, I'm not going to – all right, you're sticking up for him about cutting up those ugly jerseys or whatever and how he says that the team cares more about marketing. Every team does the throwbacks. They're, like, required yeah. to do it, I think, in some cases. It's Major so League Baseball wants them to do the throwbacks because, look, I'm wearing an Expos jersey. It's from my boy Andre Dawson. It's, it's part of the business. They, they need to sell stuff constantly. When those guys wear, so like, I think 30s, like, heavy flannel with the baggy pants, like, a lot of those guys have to be like, this sucks. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. And that's something that, yeah, I don't know. It, it's maybe the Players Association needs to talk to them about that. Like, look, can we, can we wear these jerseys, but could they be updated? I don't it's, need to wear polyester. Pretty no, sure there's polyester. a, sign, I don't need there's to wear a Seinfeld episode, I think, where he suggests that they go to cotton. Because the, the jerseys are naturally polyester. Okay. So they go to cotton because it's a breathable fabric. And the players, the first game, played amazing. Yeah. They had never played so good. Yeah. And they're all the quotes were basically quotes from George, but like Danny Tartable, cotton, who knew? Like all this stuff like, like George would say on the show. And then the next Danny game. Danny Tartable reference on the podcast. That's right? a first. Then the next game, they played terribly because the uniforms had shrunk and they were ripping up and they couldn't move. And that's why you don't do cotton because they shrink apparently. Why can't George Steinbrenner play, pay for a couple of pairs of those jerseys? Right. You have some extra or wash them on a different cycle. I, I think, you know, you, you can't blame George for that. You got to blame the equipment manager. Yes, which is not George uh, Costanza. I almost said George Alexander. I almost combined Jason Alexander and George Costanza to make George Alexander. I saw him on my birthday last year at the Magic Castle. Really? Yeah. I guess he's a member. Does he do magic? Yeah. You ever been there? No. I, I have a standing invite, though. I got, I got the guy who played in the movie Dodgeball. Chris Williams is the actor's name. He played the black guy in the dodgeball team. And he also was Crazy Eyes Killer in an episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. I met him at the bar I used to run a show at out here. Do you know who his sister show is? at Fork. Is, Mich is Vanessa Williams' his sister? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. They kind of look alike. He was a really great dude, and he did some close-up magic for us, and we were talking to him and stuff like that, and he does a little comedy here or there. And a uh, good actor. He sent, he, we got a, he got our emails and said, here, I'll send you something to get you into the Comedy Magic Club. So he you know, sent us these emails, and, and it's a standing offer, and I just haven't gone yet. It's been like... I think he sent me that email like in November, so it's been almost like eight months. I wonder well, if it's still good. I paid for the picture once I went, like I got it from somebody else. And if you pay for a photo, you have like a standing offer back. So I have, I gotta go again. We should go as a group. So good. The Comedy and Magic Club is a place in Los Angeles, everybody. That's just this amazing. You have to get dressed up, right? You have There's to wear a suit and tie. Like all these amazing magicians are there, just doing magic for. Do you have to tip them and stuff like that? No, no, right. And you have you to have pay to be for a member. Dinner. It's very exclusive. The you dinner, pay for an expensive dinner. Expensive dinner, and I heard the food's amazing. Food is really good. Yeah, I heard everything about the place is just it's a it's a class act. It's and they have to make it hard to get to, otherwise it would be like a shit show. It would be Disneyland. It's not really in a convenient location, if you ask me. No, it's in the middle of Garbageville, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. and so I can't. I would. 
I would almost walk there. I would take an Uber <laughs> and tell the Uber, drop me off a few bucks where I'll walk up. Because just to go into that madness, you go up to this driveway. It looks like a castle, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's nuts. So anyway, back to the trade deadline. The White Sox, I, I mean, I get not trading sale. Would you guess that we hear anything about them today or no? I would think there would be some move. Why not trade Todd Frazier? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do they have him for one more year after this? I don't really know. I think they might, but still, why not? He's 30 years old, 31 years old now. Yeah, he, he's leading the American All-Star. League in home runs. Did he make the All-Star team this year? Uh, the, every team has to have an All-Star. I mean, they Sale had was. Sale and someone else. But, I don't know. but you said perennial All-Star. I don't think I'd call him. He was him in the home run All-Star. derby. I don't know. He was in the home run derby because he was the returning champion. He was not an All-Star. Stanton he's hitting was... 220. How could he be an All-Star? I don't know what his Woba is. His Woba's not great either, and, and there's he's no— He's not, yeah. He's not ba- your, your Woba would have to, be, um, it'd have to be 220 with 80 home runs for it to be a good Woba, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't I, I feel like you're sticking was. up for Frazier, and you shouldn't be. I like Frazier for some reason. Well, I just think the White Sox should have traded him. They should have been looking to move a lot of players. They should have traded James Shields for— I thought they were going after Puig nothing. this year. Well, there was that, that rumor happened— Seven hours ago, and was immediately shot down. So the Dodgers got outfielders, is that? Or no, they got Rich Hill. They got Rich Hill and Reddick. Okay, they got two players from Oakland. Okay, so they think that Kershaw could come back then. Otherwise, I don't think that you make that move. Well, they're playing great without Kershaw right now. They're hitting finally. They're hitting finally. Obviously, yeah, the pitching's not going to be improved when you lose the best pitcher in the game. But their pitching has been good too. <laughs> yeah, Kent it really is good. good. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, overall, it's been good. Uh, Brent McGowan's very happy about Joe Smith. <laughs> All caps, Joe Smith motherfuckers. I want to wrap up to talk about the White Sox, though, and then we can move on to some other teams. Okay. They're couldn't call losers right now. Well, on, yeah. On I mean, TV. yeah, we're watching uh, uh, baseball tonight to see who the winners and losers were, and so far they're saying the White Sox are among the losers. I think I, I still the surprising they haven't done anything, the White Sox. What are you doing? You have no shot at making the playoffs this year unless you go on a crazy run and everyone above you falls down. See, the, the second wild card is interesting because more teams are in it. Yeah. But also there's a uh, – some teams get dis- – they get, you know, they're delusional about it. I don't think they can hop uh, Detroit even. Yeah, because that's the thing. Everyone will say, oh, well, they're only four and a half games back. Yeah, but there's seven teams on their way or six teams on their way. That often is yeah. the case. Yeah. You all these teams bunched together. So you have to rely on all these other teams just co- collapsing down the stretch and you going on a crazy run. It's a lot to figure out. Yeah. And I think they would have been better off trading sale. But now I think about the Yankees, who are a team that they always said famously, we're the Yankees. We don't rebuild. We reload. But really, they've been better off rebuilding because... All of those years that they were good, they were uh, homegrown. Homegrown, exactly. Every team, people don't want to believe this, but every team that wins championships has to do it with first an awesome farm. People just look at it after the fact. They'll say, well, what about the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL? They get players every year. They sucked for nine years and acquired all that young talent and then went on a run. You know what I mean? And now they get players because they're near the top, so you could do that. But if you're some crap team and you're just trying to win a championship off signing free agents, you're not going to do that. No, you got to tank. You have to, like, yeah, you have to tank a little bit there because the Cardinals, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, when they were doing it right, yeah, they were going to the playoffs 10 years in a row with the best payroll, but they were always losing. They did pay for some pitching, but Andy Pettit was, was local uh, or homegrown. Jeter, Posada. 
the whole offense was homegrown. Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera was homegrown. But like, but I know like, that they paid for Paul O'Neill. Bernie Williams was homegrown. But they traded for Paul O'Neill, I believe, or was he signed? He was on the Reds like championship teams. I don't. So he, tech, I mean, he was. They might have traded for him or sent. But either way, but to trade for people, guess what? You need prospects. Yeah, they were talk, baseball tonight. Guys were talking earlier. They're like, "Well, do you expect the Orioles to try it's to make a splash?" The Orioles and they were like, didn't do "They're much. like, they can't. They have no right. nobody. Nobody they have anybody wants." Right. You're right. So that's another thing that people forget. So the rumor is, or the theory is, that the Yankees were making all these deals because they're going to make a strong push for sale. But it sounds like the Sox aren't going to move them. The deadline's passed. We haven't heard anything yet. They're already being called losers. <laughs> Do they w- White Sox are losers. The idea is maybe they wait until the offseason because then they're more likely to get some big prospect from somebody. Because people think they don't trade their big prospects at the deadline. Right. There's also something happens. There's also something else, another deadline coming up, right? Like waivers or something. That's some at shit? the end of August. Okay. It's harder to get players, though. Yeah. Because anyone could block it. Right. And it goes from the bottom up. So if you put a player on no, waivers... No, this is definitely the big one. Yeah, you're this not going to be able to... The second Chris Sale goes on waivers, it'll never get to the team they want him to get to. Here's why this matters. The teams that are in the hunt are trying to get a bigger leg up than they had been. Teams are deciding if they're waving the white flag, if they're buyers or sellers. So a lot of things, a lot of moving parts in this. The year that the Royals went to the World Series the first time two years ago, do you remember what they did? The Royals went to the World Series two years ago? When they went to the World Series two years ago. Yes, they made... Um, Not Johnny Cueto, that was last I year. I know, they made Cueto and Zobras for their big moves last year. Right. The year before, they did absolutely nothing. Nothing, huh? Yeah. And the team started going on this winning spree because they were like, our clubhouse, our club has confidence in the players. That That's the at least the mantra that they had believed themselves to be. And then they lost in seven to the Giants. With a guy on third. I know. Could have so waved close. him. They should have waved him. You go for it right there. They've actually done that, like, so many different, like, studies on that. He's out at home. If the throw is, I mean, granted, he could have chucked it into the, you know, over the catcher's head or something, but that guy's out at home. Who was that, Hosmer? Did they do a lot of different studies on that? Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that. You don't think some nerd wanted to know? <laughs> yeah, but the, th- the throw didn't go to the catcher, though, did it? I thought they cut it off, and then he stopped at third. I'll have to relook into that. I don't really care to relive what the Royals did two years ago. Um, sorry, I don't. <laughs> Game seven of the World Series. Gives a shit. It's history. It's history. So I was thinking about this earlier. As a team, because a lot of people are like, oh, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You almost want to be a pretty good team. But have some holes because getting these extra guys almost like catapults your team. You know what I mean? Right, right now, the Cubs are the best record in baseball, mm-hmm. and they don't have really any holes. They had bullpen holes that they've more than addressed. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, "Shit, I'd like another bat." I'd like but a, where'd that bat go? A left a, field, a, a corner outfield spot. Okay. So you add. So who'd you want? Well, let's 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 I play. Let's, would, let's play this game. Okay, so let me. Let me throw you an option. Throw me a name. A name of a player that I would like to have That gotten. was available on the trade deadline. You okay, can't just Josh, say Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick was available. Okay. So Cubs get Josh Reddick. Okay. Lefty. Sure. Chris Bryant is now your everyday third baseman, which he kind of is anyway. Yeah. How, how do you get Javier Baez at bats? Wait. No, I wanted to put Reddick in outfield. Yeah, I know that. Okay. How do you get Javier Baez at bats? I'll say it again. Reddick plays left field. Fowler's in center. Hayward's in right. Mm-hmm. Bryant's at third. Oh, no, Russell's no, no. Russell's at short. Gonna, at no, second. no, that's not what I was going to do. Well, what are you going to do then? Hayward is a def- late-game defensive replacement. Okay. 
I've, thought, I've thought this through. Um, that's why I'm asking, because I, I, I really don't think the average fan thinks things through. I could through. move Zobris to right if I really wanted to. You can. I could move Baez to second if I really wanted to. That's true, and then you bench Hayward is what you're saying. Uh-huh. Your $184 <laughs> million off-season signee, you bench Despite the fact that his defense is He makes about a million amazing. dollars per batting point that he has. That is true. And he's also one of the best defensive players in baseball. And he had that amazing uh, slide home last night. Yeah. And he, he had the game winning <coughs> run. He almost had a walk-off. Almost had the walk-off. <coughs> and, he, and he has great playoff numbers. Granted, it's a small sample size. They've been challenging him with fastballs because he's proven consistently this year that he cannot hit them. I know. It's sad. And what did he, he hit? grounds out. And then he fucking smashed a fastball. He, the home run he hit uh, two nights ago was a fastball. So they are challenging him with fastballs, and he's just now unloading on them. he's starting to get his confidence back. Baseball is all timing. And when you're stuck in that middle thing where you're late on fastballs and you're way out in front of breaking stuff, yeah. that is when players slump. But his swing is one of the uglier left-handed swings you'll see. It may be the ugliest left-handed swing I've seen. I don't understand what he's doing. He almost overlaps his two fingers like a golfer. Yeah. I've noticed that on his grip. Yeah. And that's why I think he's going over the top of stuff. Okay. And, and the Cubs are saying, well, their hitting coach is working well and stuff. I, I don't know. It's just a big winner. Well, Cubs here we go. are winners. They're doing, they're doing that 2016 trade deadline. I want to hear this. I'm sorry, listeners. The Cardinals are winners. Who did the Cardinals get? Or are they saying that they didn't give anybody up? Maybe, yeah. Pirates are losers. Pirates are notoriously stingy at the trade deadline. The Pirates and the Indians, that's why it was a little bit of a surprise that they were such buyers this year, and that includes Lucroy not getting it. Winners, the Brewers... Well, the Brewers probably got a lot in that hall. Uh, yeah, the Pirates the Pirates are in a tough spot, though, because they really don't have the revenue. They've got a great ballpark, but Pittsburgh is it's a very mid-market city, you know? So and they just don't have the payroll. So Plus they, they, they always have to— wild card. What are you going to do, four years of losing in the first round? Of the, that would suck to be a Pirates fan, man. But yeah, that, that one game, that one game wild card, man. Especially last year, they won 98 games. They They've were had to a face Madison team. Bumgarner, Clayton Kershaw, and Jake Arrieta. Right, I don't know if it was Kershaw for sure, but I think it was. No, was it Kershaw? I know the, for sure it was Bumgarner. Did the Dodgers beat them in a one-game playoff? I don't know. Face? I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know that they. No, had because to then face. people would be talking about Kershaw being a good playoff pitcher if he'd won a one-game playoff. Yeah, that's true. And he's also. famously known for being terrible. Yeah. Didn't he have, like, one game last year that was good? I think he had one game where he didn't give up 100 runs. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Clayton Kershaw's good. I'm sorry. I love Clayton Kershaw. He's amazing. But I kind of do like the fact that for years I like they talked that he's about not a good playoff pitcher. For years, do you know who the guy was that was, like, awesome that sucked in the playoffs? David Price. Well, oh, David Price is the new one, the current. But Barry Bonds, was that was, like, to rap on That's Barry true, Bonds. yeah. He was bad in the playoffs. He does not have good playoff numbers. But then 2002 rolls around, and he... Uh, Something changed about him. I don't know. Yeah, something. I think he started just eating right, Barry Bonds. Uh, yeah. um, kale. He, he knew was, about Kale before yeah. everyone else knew about Kale. He was into cycling. He would take like a spin class, I think. Yeah, he met Lance Armstrong in a spin class, and then the two guys was like not a, a bad, workout. I was trying to avoid, but cycling. I know. I wasn't yeah, really. I caught it cycle. after. Okay. Worth it? No. Let me work it. Not worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know what else to talk about with the trade deadline. Um does we Jay do Bruce scare you with the Mets as a Cubs fan? Is it like Jay oh, God, Bruce is on fire, and that's a home run hitting team when they're hot. <clears throat> but they are behind the Marlins and the Cardinals in terms of the wild card. Yeah, the right Cardinals now it's the Dodgers not, and Cardinals, and the Marlins are like right there, and then the Mets are behind them. 
the Mets are without Harvey the rest of the year. They got Steven Matz, bone spur issues. That staff is still amazing. They're just DeGrom's not... throwing four miles an hour slower than he was last year. I read that But today. he's quietly like a middle-of-the-pack Cy Young candidate. DeGrom is still good. I mean, like, what, Felix's velo's down by a couple, and he still no-hit the Cubs through, like, whatever he did yesterday. I mean... So he's not a so he's not a thrower anymore. He's By the way, a lot of teams no hit through the Cubs about five or six innings. The Cubs have had seven Wade or eight Miley games did. this year. Yeah, the Cubs have had seven or eight games this year that were where there are no hit through five or six. The Brewers and then had a scoring eight runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah, got to play all nine, baby. Got to play all nine. Yeah, but it's advice for everybody out there. Play, you know, respect ninety. Run through the bag. There's a couple things I wanted to talk about aside from the trade deadline. Okay. Certain things annoy me, and they're baseball related, of course. And whenever I see them, I'm always just yeah, we can relax There's, now. That yeah, we can relax. Not, this not deadline's over. Coming in. So one of which is whenever a guy shows bunt, pulls it back, and it's a strike right down the middle, that might be my biggest pet peeve in Major League Baseball. I don't know what you're doing there. Unless you're showing it to try to get the third baseman in, which they never are for that reason. They're, they're, they're showing it because they actually want to bunt. But for some reason, the pitch right down the middle just wasn't good enough for them to bunt. And then they pull the stupid bat back, and it's a strike right down the middle. And I look like, you asshole. Well, what were you looking for? You're a pitcher. What did they teach you when, when a guy squared away? Try to throw it up so they pop it up. You, throw it up, up. you throw it up and in. Yeah, a little bit up and in. But these aren't up so and in. square... And then the guy throws it. I don't know. No, but you see what I'm saying? You've seen this before. When the, the pitcher shows bunt, guy throws a fastball right down the middle, the perfect pitch to bunt, and he pulls the bat back. To try to get, one up, to try to get one up and in to get a ball. No, I think they're just bad fucking hitters <laughs> who are afraid of bunting. <laughs> These guys are major league players. These are pitchers usually. Oh. And some hitters do it too. I, I saw Javier Baez not do it like a couple days ago where he showed bunt, pulled back, and it was a strike. He might have been doing it just to bring the, the third baseman in though, which I understand. But it's just annoying. It's an annoying visual as a fan. You know what's uh, fun? Every now and then you'll see like once a year someone squares away, pulls back, hits a home run. Every now and then, but it's been that's a fun one. long time since I've seen that, yeah. but that is fun. I feel like that's like a Bo Jackson move, even though I don't know why I he would bunt. He's, has he ever done that? He could, he could have dropped one day. He was fast. He was very fast. He stole like 30 bases, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was one of the most overrated players in baseball history. Well, he only played like two or three seasons, right? Four seasons? With like a 240 batting average. Yeah, I'll look up his stats. Uh, Bo Jackson I'll, was... He was Yasiel Puig, basically. Puig's only 25. People, I, feel, I feel like people don't realize that he's still only 25 years old. He's also consistently, his stats have gone consistently down since his he's, first month. He's kind of a spaz, and I feel like that's why a lot of his teammates get annoyed with him a little bit. Well, his head's not in the game. Yeah. You know, he'll have games where it's like, my God, he just threw a guy out from the warning track on a fly. That was the greatest throw I've ever seen. He makes some circus plays, yeah. And then he'll have a play where it's, he takes the worst route on a pop-up you've ever seen, and the ball but goes to the wall. But he still has uh, a plus, I guess, like an OP, like a, a plus fielding. He's like an above-average fielder, surprisingly. What do you think Bo Jackson's best season was, OPS-wise? OPS, Bo Jackson. I'm going to go ahead. Oh. Holly, stop barking. Holly didn't like that. I was thinking of saying... It's the mailman's coming. 1989. He was an all-star in 89. So I'm going to go 89, and then... I'm looking for the number. 790. No. His actual best was 1990. Okay. He 
only played 111 games, though, but he had 28 home runs, um, had a 342 OBP, 523 slugging for an 866. 866? And then the year you're thinking of 89 when he was an all-star, he had 32 home runs. Okay. 105 RBS, 26 stolen bases, 256 average, you're right, um, but had 805 OPS that year. So he had two seasons in which he had over 800 OPS. Yeah. Then in 91. Um, Where did he get the he was injured. tackled? Uh, that was the 90 season uh, in the NFL. Okay. And then so he came back at the end of 91 and only played, only had 84 at-bats. Who's he playing for, the White Sox? White Sox, 84 at-bats he had, 225, three, you know, 742. For his career... He had uh, a 784 OPS. He actually had, look at this, in, in 1994, he played 75 games, 224 plate appearances, had a 851 OPS, 13 home runs. What year was that? 279 average, 1994. 94? Yeah, the strike shortened season. He had a two, oh, okay. This These are good numbers, 279, 344, 507 for an 851 OPS. You ever look at Frank Thomas's 94 stats or they're, Jeff Bagwell's? Unbelievable. Both of them are unbelievable. They're both MVPs that year, right? Yeah, that's right. Thomas was back-to-back MVPs, the big hurt yep. in 93 and 94. Real quick, though, here, here's another myth I want to dispel in Major League Baseball. The White Sox, every White Sox fan I know just assumes they would have won the World Series in 94. They didn't have the best record in the American League. They had, like, the fifth best record in baseball. I think the Expos would have won. I think the Expos probably had the best. And then even the Yankees, I think it would have been Expos-Yankees World Series. I think everyone just, everyone who just was assumes. leading? Who was leading in 94? I will get you the 94 stats you right now. Just scroll down and click on 94 on Bo. You're right. Good call. Way to, do, way to know the shortcuts. I know. I'm, like, a real piece of trash when it comes to uh, oh, he played for baseball the references. Angels in 94, actually. That's a weird visual, him on the Angels. The California Angels before they became uh, the Los Angeles Angels. Well, after the they, after the they Los were. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And blah, 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 blah. All right, <laughs> let's see. It's a season, 94 season. Uh, I'm just getting the 94 California Angels. How okay, so going? click uh, on league. So it say division. Mm-hmm. Oh, league standing. So hold on. Where it's purple. 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 Oh, very right good. Right You league standings and leaders. All right. This is, by the way, our sloppiest of the podcast. <laughs> this is the one I'm not going to be proud to share with people. I'm kidding. Last week's was great, by the way. I didn't listen. And I feel like we did not have as many listeners as we should have, and that's bothersome to me. I stress over this shit. I hope you guys know. All right. So the best record in baseball at the time of the strike, this is the American League now. The New York Yankees were 70-43 and 43 for a 619 winning percentage. That's really good. It's really good. Then the next team was the White Sox, 67 and 46, 593 winning percentage. The White Sox in the Central Division only had a one-game lead over the Indians. Mm. The Indians were right behind them, one game. Yeah, so the Indians could have easily overlapped the them. The 95 Indians were like amazing. So who knows like what the 94 Indians were? They, like, yeah, and then the Baltimore Orioles were 63 and 49, only like two games behind the White Sox. There's a good chance the Sox didn't even make the playoffs at the end of that well, stretch. I mean, they, yeah, but they were going, their numbers were ticking down going into the strike. Um, I remember reading a lot about this. And then go to the National League side. Expos. Let's see. The Expos definitely had the best record. I know that. I looked what, was their, what was their record? They were 74 and 40, 649, even better than the Yankees. They that's the a, best that's record. really good. Yes. Then the Cincinnati Reds were 66 and 48, 579, which is about what the White Sox had. I think had. the Cubs would have taken. Oh, look at this! Them. The Atlanta Braves were 68 and 46, 596, and you also better than the White Sox. The Braves in '94 have they still have that amazing rotation? You know what the Cubs were at the deadline? At the let me hear it. 
49 and 64. Cubs would have come back. Cubs were like on a, a upward trajectory. This is kind of the opposite of the White Sox. The I Cubs. know Sammy Sosa did have 25 home runs at the deadline. Was he roided at that deadline at the at the trade? Not the trade deadline. Why can't I say this at the strike deadline? I guess when the strike happened. When the strike happened, like early August. That was uh, August. My grandfather was dying of cancer. All he wanted to do was watch the Cubs play. They go on strike in baseball. So the only thing on TV was the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> Is that what your <laughs> grandfather died watching? Uh-huh. Oh, that's so sad. I know. All right, I'm out of the camera view. No big deal. Yeah. All right, sources confirm from Ken Rosenthal that Duffy is indeed the main piece in the Rays' return from the Giants for Matt Moore. Matt Duffy, the third baseman? Matt Duffy. Or is there a different Duffy? The fact that he's saying Duffy in, in all caps their without third his baseman? first name, I'm assuming it's their third baseman. All right. Otherwise, that's a real shit tweet he from Ken was, Rosenthal, Ken, you think? He was second in Rookie of the Year balloting, I believe, to Chris Bryant last year. Yeah, he was great. Well, wait, wasn't Brandon? No, Brandon Crawford was a rookie a couple years back. Well, yeah, Brandon Crawford. So Jeremy Hellickson stays with the Phillies. The Phillies are kind of not They never like, gave up. Hel Nobody got Hellickson. Nobody got Hellickson. The, the How much time was wasted talking about Hellickson throughout the baseball tons world? Tons of talk about Hellickson. The thing that was interesting to me about the whole Philly situation was they were going into this year, they thought it would be another rebuild year for them. But they're actually, what are they, around 500? They have no right shot now, at the playoffs. They, they, they started they, hot. They were winning all those one-run games. Like their, uh, their scoring differential, run differential was like terrible, and they were still like in first place at some point. I'm still surprised they didn't try to peel off more pieces. They didn't do anything? Nothing. I'm seeing absolutely nothing. They must the really Phillies. want to tank for like the next two seasons. But getting rid of people helps you tank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Getting rid of Helixon does, yeah. So why would you keep those pieces? They're stupid. They're dumb. They're no, they're they're a dumb team. And and I, I don't know, is this to appease a dumb fan base? I don't know a whole lot about the city of Philadelphia. The few people I know from there seem to be pretty cool, but their fan base seems to be a bunch of morons. They Is this are, a, well, why would you trade Ryan Howard? He could turn it around. He had 58 home runs nine years ago. I think he could turn it around. The fact that, yeah, they should have dumped him a long time ago. Or that, yeah, just any of those guys that they're still hanging on to. Like, I feel like if they weren't pressured into getting rid of Utley and Rollins, they would still be starting them. Come on, they, we won with them. This is interesting. My cousin makes a good point here. I'm reading an email from him. The Indians uh, acquiring Andrew Miller... My cousin makes the point. He goes, while we had no prospect viewed as highly as Frazier, who the Indians traded for Andrew Miller, it seems a bit unfair that the ask for us for Miller was Schwarber, and from Cleveland, it's two really good prospects with no major league experience. Seems to be a big gap in the ask to me. We don't know if that's really what they were asking for, if, like, Brian Cashman, or if that's just pure conjecture. Because, like, they decided a long time ago, like, who should be sellers. Did Carlos Gonzalez go anywhere today? No. Well, the Rockies are right behind the Mets in wild card. Right. Like, so, so if the Mets aren't sellers, why would the Rockies a be? A lot of this was just wild conjecture about who, like, the, well, did the Rangers get Chris Sale today? Did the Red Sox get Chris Sale today? No, no. But my, my point about the whole Andrew Miller for Schwarber thing was that was, the that was the line from everybody saying, if the Cubs want Andrew Miller, they're going to have to trade Schwarber. Cashman loves Schwarber. The Yankees are Schwarber or bust. You're not getting right. otherwise. So that's why I thought, all right, well, we're going to have to move on to Chapman because of it. And then to see that, that was probably the their early ask. I don't know if, I, but, again, the, but Theo, I've seen smart enough to come back with, all right, I'm not going to give you Schwarber. How about Ian Happ and Alberto Mora? Or how about this guy and this guy? You know what I mean? Right. 
that's that's what's troubling. I, it's Andrew Miller is not the Indians' closer. He's their setup man. He's their setup man. Can he close though? He's got he some can closing. close just like Dylan Batances is now the Yankees' closer. He's a closer, but and why would you give up a bunch for Andrew Miller? So you think the Indians right made now? a mistake? No, I think that they're a better team. I think that a lot of teams fucked up by not getting him. The Indians needed relievers, yes. Are the Cubs one of those teams that fucked up by not getting Miller? No, because they got Chapman. And then they can move uh, Rondon to the eighth. It looks, I think Rondon the Cubs are fine. great last night. I think the Cubs are fine. Okay, cool. I was just curious because a lot of people, you know, they really wanted Andrew Miller. And, um, oh, well, here, let me talk about I this. Didn't, I just didn't want a National League team like the Giants or the Nationals to get him. Well, that was part of the reason the Cubs went after Chapman, too, because I the would, Giants and Nationals wanted him badly. And who, uh, what other teams besides the Giants and Nationals are that good and that lefty heavy? That's true. You know, so, like, a good lefty relief, like, we did, we did well. Yeah, I think the Cubs had a good trade deadline. We didn't add any offense, but they figure it's so weird. That's why I don't understand the Joe Smith move. Sorry, Hadley, I think I just stepped on my dog's paw. I don't understand the Joe Smith move because right now the Cubs have in their bullpen active roster. Justin Grimm went down the other day. Active roster, Chapman, mm-hmm. Ron Doan, mm-hmm. Strope, mm-hmm. Travis Wood, mm-hmm. Mike Montgomery, yeah. Joe Nathan, Joe Nathan, CJ Edwards. Yeah. That's seven. I think is there an eighth I'm missing? What? Where are Justin Grimm was the eighth? They sent him down to yeah. bring up the guy for the spot start yesterday. Where's Cahill? Gone? Cahill's on the DL. Where's? Yeah, a lot of these guys are gone. So now that we had Joe Smith, does Joe Smith then become our eighth reliever? When do they expand the rosters? Uh, September first. Okay, so we have a month of just guessing. We got a month of shuffling people up and down. They does could Justin move. Grimm stay down until August first? Because yeah. Joe Nathan doesn't have options. You send him down, he's gone. He's also 41. He's also 41 and he's had one good outing and one bad outing. Yeah. Um, ERA still zero, though, because Travis Wood mopped up his uh, giving up. <laughs> yeah. He walked a guy and they gave up a, a Montgomery a wasn't good. Montgomery was good yesterday and the day before. Yeah. He was good his first bad two starts. That's yeah. the thing about bullpens is people overreact him too so badly. Sample Montgomery's size. first yeah, sample size. Montgomery's first appearance with the Cubs, he gave up a three-run homer to someone on the Brewers. But that was because he was seen as like an upgrade. This is before Chapman. Yes. So there was a microscope on the bullpen before Chapman was there. Yeah, there was. Everyone's like, okay, let's see how this guy fares. And you, you just got to look at the body work. Do you want to address the elephant in the room on Chapman? We've already addressed that on okay. the show. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll add to this. No, I'll tell you this. I saw, um, what's her name, on, on Twitter, this, this woman on Twitter who's a Cubs fan, follows the Cubs, Caitlin something, I forget her last name, I feel bad not knowing it right now, but it's not up in front of me. She uh, came up with the idea of donating to a domestic violence shelter, I believe, mm-hmm. in Chicago for every time Chapman has a save, okay. kind of turning a negative into a positive. So they're going to donate 10 bucks. I, I signed okay. up for it. So the Comedians Talking Sports Twitter page, Comedians Talking Sports, this podcast, will donate 10 bucks every time Chapman records a save. Okay. So far, I've donated 10 bucks. The one thing about that is I would encourage listeners, if you can, if you're listening, donate 10 bucks to any domestic violence in your hometown, wherever you live, um, for every time Chapman makes a save. But then again, not everyone listening to this is a Cubs fan. A lot of people who listen to this could care for shit about the Cubs. But it's still, <laughs> a, good, it's still a good cause. I'm hoping... 
Well, if you're if you're I'm a Mets a lot fan, every things, time Jose Reyes gets a hit, yeah, it's something like that. Turn a positive and negative. You and I uh, and our Cubs text group have gone back and forth on this a lot. Um, yeah, I hate that Chapman has this baggage. Uh, I really struggled over it for a couple days because I'm like, look, I want I, I want everyone to be happy. The Cubs got this great closer. I know. But then again, it's like, all right, he's got this domestic abuse accusation on him. Yeah. And and I always I I I tend to believe the woman in in these situations because so often women don't I get believed. I think that that is but the default setting that you should have. I think it's a good default setting to have. But but there's I a read lot, the report. There's a lot. I of saw the yeah, photos. There's the photos. You're right. There 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 was photos. I, uh, there's not a there's not a mark on her neck at all, and I want to come out and say that shooting a gun in the garage. I don't know how close the garage was. It's detached. I looked that up because I thought if it's an attached garage, yeah, those bullets travel through the right. wall. Could have killed somebody. That's fucked up. It's a garage where he had to walk through a yard to get to. I would say that and shooting a gun in the garage, if the woman is afraid for her her life or her well being, is psychologically damaging. And it's mental abuse. Totally. 100% agree with you there. I, I don't think that he physically harmed her. So. And I feel bad that I feel like I've gone to lengths to justify the Cubs' accusation of Chapman. Yeah. In a way <clears throat> in which, what's up, TJ? Philly's fan base is the worst regardless of sport. I'm reading a, a comment from yeah, a listener, yeah. TJ. Uh, just a bunch of angry dum-dums. Uh, yeah, no, he's right. So. <laughs> What, what, back to the Chapman thing with that, you know, so sometimes I'm like, you know, I was talking to a, f- a couple of friends and they're like, look, you just want to justify this. So you're going to lens. I would love to justify it. Yeah. Why not? Well, why not? I, here's if the thing. If there was like breaking news, uh, Chapman girlfriend admits she lied or something, I would, it would, it would be like, oh, thank God. It would be, right? I've talked to a lot of people. I talked to a Cuban <laughs> friend of ours uh, who's like, yeah, there's some, there's, there's a cultural thing there. And, and it is weird. How I think he tried to say it was culturally like normal. He kind of said like Latin, like Latin, Latin players are getting targeted unfairly. We we fight differently. We're very loud people, and things get overblown. I did not put my hands on her. He emphasized that I did shoot my gun off, and that was a mistake. I I admit was really dumb. I I shouldn't have done that. I, he's apologized for that. Since coming to the Cubs, he then said I he kind of apologized for the whole situation. You know. Yeah. And. And yeah, and it's tough, and a lot of people, but what I get annoyed with, don't be one of these people in life at all, everyone. Here's some advice for you. You, I, I hate when people just slam a person without offering their solution to the problem. What is the solution? What do you think? Do you think that we, we need to just one and done? One time someone gets accused of something like this, they're gone? Because, again, that's a legal battle. The cops didn't arrest him because they didn't. there was not enough evidence there. There was no charges, no, no charge, no arrest. She later said, I was not lying, but I over-exaggerated things. You know, tempers were flaring, and I was freaked out about this stuff. And I'm not saying, and again, default setting is to believe the woman. Sure. But there's been plenty of cases. I've, I've, I saw firsthand when I was like, 14, I was in a, there was a pizza place by my house, and this Polish couple, I'm laughing because it was really funny how she fell, were arguing, and she went to swing at him. She went to swing. He ducked because it's natural human instinct. She missed. I think she might have been in heels, too. She spun around like a cartoon and fell on her ass. And me and my buddy were riding bikes through the alley near there. No one this is, that. if you're in Chicago, this is by Portage Park off of Central near Irving. And... We saw it, and we were like <laughs> laughing because someone fell. You laugh when you're a kid and people fall. And they were yelling in Polish. So I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. 
And a few people came out, and she was pointing at him saying this. And then we did hear her say, push, push. And I didn't, we weren't going to get involved, but we were like, he definitely didn't touch her. You know, and I'm not saying that that like just saying that is enough where someone's going to hear me say this and take it the wrong way. It's like, well, there's Joe just sticking up for these. No, I'm not. I'm not sticking up for this. It, but it is one of those things where, look, you're not going to have a team of 25 angels. It doesn't exist. Find me a championship team that doesn't have one person that has a very questionable past or decision making. In the, you know what I mean? Every one of them. I even, yeah. I, you look as recent as the Cleveland Cavaliers, the last team to win a, a professional title in sports. They, what's that guy on their team? J.R. Smith basically uh, killed somebody with his car. And some people are like, well, that's a car accident. No, because he had like nine tickets in his life of driving over 120 miles an hour. Yeah. This guy is reckless with an automobile. When you're that reckless and you eventually kill somebody, I'm sorry, you're a piece of shit. Chapman does not have a history of domestic violence. He, this is the first time this has happened. I, I believe uh, the best thing for a bad apple like this sometime is to be surrounded with 24 good guys. If the Cubs, I'm sorry, I'm, going, I'm controlling okay. the conversation okay. here, Mike. But if the Cubs are all this, this great clubhouse full of angels, like everyone says, what better than for someone to learn and rehabilitate themselves than hanging around people of high character? I don't believe one rotten apple spoils the bunch. That's a jerk-off saying. You ever heard that saying, oh, you don't want some bad kid hanging out with a bunch of good kids because the bad kid will make all the good kids bad kids. I don't believe that at an adult level that exists. Well, yeah, I don't think that people are going to be like, oh, that sounds cool, what you did. No, yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) I don't think Chris Bryant's going to start popping his fiance in the face. It it is something, though, that if there was not a single – the picture of her neck, there is not a single smudge on her. Her neck looked perfectly like – I think that was a drinking argument. I think they were both drunk, and, yeah. and she called the cops saying to, to, make it, to make them get their asses over there. He's choking me. He's doing that. He's doing, I'm like, again, like, you know, I feel bad even doubting her. She, I got this fucking he caught in my stomach over He grabbing it. his phone to, like, look through it, and then he got pissed, and he left, and he went to a bar, and she tried to stop him. And then they argued in their theater, which the door was open, and her brother tackled yeah. him because apparently she got in his face, and he said, back up. Yeah. And then she tripped over a chair that was right there, which I had happened when I lost my wedding ring in a fight. <laughs> I got into a fight with someone. I got pushed. There was a park bench, not a park bench, a bus bench oh, man. outside of a bar called Yahtzee's in Chicago. And I stood all the way back. And I got schoolboyed. You know, when someone drops to all fours and you push yeah. the person over, you tabletop yeah. them, I think people call it. Yeah. That happened to me in a fight once. So that right there is believable. It's just one of those things where I hope if the Cubs extend him, I'd like to see him start like a charity for like you know, like a battered women's shelter or something like that. I'd like to see a, and if not, a little bit it's more. It's two months of our lives. It's two months of our lives, and and if he helps us win a World Series, great. It's it's not going to ruin the enjoyment for me, and maybe maybe it should to an extent. I don't know. Maybe I got to question that for myself. If, look, if the guy threw, I do admit, if he threw eighty, I'd be like, fuck this guy. I don't want anyone <laughs> with this kind of baggage. But again, though, I believe yeah. you, I believe in second chances, and this would be a second chance. This isn't like in the NFL. When, with Brandon Marshall, who actually did as a great citizen by all counts now, he got nine chances. You know what I mean? This, I, I, he wasn't arrested, wasn't charged. Him and his girlfriend are together. They've publicly made statements saying they've never been happier. Yeah. So is our recourse as a society to be like, no, sorry. I don't know what her name is. Maria? I think it's Maria. I don't Sounds know. racist that I'm guessing her yeah. name is Maria. But Maria, I'm sorry, Maria. I don't care if you've never been happier with him. He did this to you, or so you say, and now you've retracted. But too bad. He doesn't get to have a career now, and that's the way it goes. We're putting it out there right now. Or, or what do we have to do? He apologized for one part but denies another part? No, he needs to apologize for the part that he denied, even though he denies it, and you later denied it happened too? What are we doing? 
I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Major League Baseball suspended him. He served his time. The Yankees say he was a great citizen. Cashman says he's been great. They're probably going to try to re-sign him after this. Here's what I, I think that people tend to give a blanket defense of the woman and a blanket uh, just assumption of guilt to the man now because of how many years where the woman just wasn't even allowed to state no, a yeah, claim. I know. Or the, you used or to be legally allowed to beat your woman. Was that rule of thumb came right. from that? Or the, or the people just blanket believed the man. So we have friends who just carte blanche like across the board are saying, that, yes, he did it. Fuck him. He's a terrible person. Yes, we do. And that is some sort of a cultural reaction to how much in the in the past the woman just wasn't believed or it wasn't didn't matter. She couldn't speak up out of fear or whatever. And those situations probably still exist, still do exist, and it's unfortunate as fuck. But I think in a very public case like this, that we're even talking about it, where we're even being able to look at the photos and we're looking at the statements. There is some gray area involved in some of this shit. I wish that the baggage didn't exist. I want to believe that it didn't happen and all he did was shoot a gun. I've already said how I think that that in itself is pretty fucking horrible. And that's the state of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> He's legally allowed to do that in Florida. That's another debate is what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not condoning what he did. But again, that's another thing in the state. In the state of Florida, you should be arrested for shooting nine gun rounds in your garage for no reason. I hope, unless you're legally permitted to do that. If you know what I mean. I hope he didn't physically harm her. I hope he doesn't physically harm her. Not just because I'm a Cubs fan, but for her, but also become because I want. It's it's hard to justify rooting for somebody who you think morally is awful. It is. It is hard to do that. And yeah, you and that's, not that's everybody. You can't expect twenty-five guys on the team to so be much last week. If we lined up twenty-five of like my best friends in life, there's probably one who uh, who do, has done s- some stuff where I'd be like, God damn it. When you think about it, it's unfortunate as a culture, but in everything. Name. Think of twenty-five you, of your friends, twenty-five of your coworkers. One of them has that thing that you're just like, fuck. I mean, if you're going to say, I'm not going to watch this baseball team anymore because they picked this guy up, what baseball team are you going to watch? Um, uh, yeah. What sport are you going to watch? Yeah. What movie are you going to watch? What music are you going to listen to? Who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? <laughs> that probably no, Trump's got three rape uh, accusations under his belt. Hillary defended a rapist when she was a lawyer. I, I mean, there's a lot. There's, you know. Hey. And John she's Adams dropping drones, and, and you know what I mean? There's, everyone's got this. It sucks. It sucks the society we live in. But I've also, this is when I started to really, and it was at the beginning of this year, where I'm like, I am not going to jump down the hot issue of the day's throat. Yeah. Remember Johnny Depp, the, the accusations of him with his wife, and now people are saying that she's full of it and all this stuff. Oh, he had to sell everything? Him and Amanda Heard divorced, and there was, there was reports that Johnny Depp was abusive toward yeah. Amanda Heard, and then there was people saying, no, that's a lie. I don't really pay attention anyway, to though, that Anyway, though, that one, I was hesitant to jump down and wanted to wait, but the big one to me was I was about to write a whole blog about the Cardinals, the best fans in baseball, because there was reports that they were yelling the N-word at Jason Hayward. And it turned out to be not. Turned true. out to be complete BS. Although Jason we did Hayward see said, it on I didn't Twitter. hear anything. We saw it on Twitter. People, people say the N word on Twitter every day. I mean, from Cardinals fans calling him the N word on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, they, yeah, but that wasn't at the game. True. And how do you know those are Cardinals fans? And how do you know that the, you know? What I mean, I'm sure there are racist Cubs fans. People with the Cardinals. Jock Jones said there were racist Cubs fans. 
I'm who sh- said stuff I when mean, he was batting 182 his first six months as a Cub. Yeah, you got to figure five north side of the Chicago back when he was, yeah, it probably wasn't. No, well, those are just idiots who say horrible things. Yeah. But my point was I was about to write a whole thing slamming Cardinals fans for it because there was reports that Cardinals fans at the game, I'm not counting Twitter, that's a whole different realm. Right, right, right. No, I know exactly uh, what you're lunacy, talking about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think if I have children, my first piece of advice to them is going to be do not read the comments. Don't don't do that. You know, what I mean, there are people on Twitter and yeah. on YouTube where I see them engaging, going back and forth. I'm like, why are you engaging these lunatics? You're engaging losers in their parents' basement to have shitty views. Stop it. Stop engaging. Hey, by the way, them. what's up, uh, Tom and TJ? Brad, I'll see what's up to him. Um, <laughs> all right. In conclusion, though, uh, I was going to write the whole thing about Hayward. Hayward came out and said, I didn't hear a single thing like that. That's completely a lie. And all, and then nobody, there was nobody, no reports of that. So for you Cardinals fans, so you should have yelled louder. <laughs> but, but my point was, though, you I was this close to writing Cardinals this long fans. thing, and I would have been wrong. I would have had egg on my face, as they said. It's one of those things that, as like, as, I guess Bill Maher's like, I don't know for a fact. I just know that it's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a funny <laughs> segment he does on his show. Uh, I don't know, man. Anything else you want to talk about? You know, I, where the, would you the rank? The deadline wasn't as sexy as I thought it would be. Where would you rank last night's game? Yeah, we didn't really finish that up. Last night's game was probably one of the most exciting games, and I think what made it really enjoyable was because I wrote it off as a loss uh-huh. early on. It was a you free I mean? game. Holly, yeah. Holly, stop it. No, she's mad that you wrote it off as a loss. Yeah, she's like, have more faith in the Cubs. I wrote, the Cardinals had already lost that day. Uh, the Pirates already lost that day. So, Holly, shut up. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so I was like, all right, let's get some loss. the dog, not, not we, his wife. We, we took a gamble as <laughs> we took a gamble with a spot start from some nobody to give our guys an extra day. Yeah. Whatever, it's a day off the calendar because our yeah, people are chasing like, us. Who the fuck is this asshole? I know, I know, people were angry. <laughs> but I was, I was a little what, annoyed. Three bombs, like in three innings, like so they had to start him because when guy? they signed him, they guaranteed him one our start. Sixth starter. Yeah, Yay. I know he did. He looked bad. And I just wrote it off. And then the fact that the bullpen kept to close, I'm like, all right, I'm taking a positive on negative. And then when they were chipping away, I got a little because they got to six Bases loaded, walk. Bases loaded, HBP. And then Hayward up. And I'm like, dude, please, if you just split a gap right here, you're going to be here. This is what you need. Do this. Come on. And then he yeah. didn't. And he struck out looking bad. And then going into uh, Zobris tripled in a run. Mm-hmm. And then we are in the ninth inning. Rizzo doubles. Oh, yeah. It becomes 6-4. Yeah. Contreras looked like would have been ending any double play. He's, He's been safe. grinding out a lot. He's safe at side, first. Right? Safe at the first, though, hustling. That's a hustling, hustling. youngster. Youngster. He's, got, he's very athletic. First I, year I like in the him. bigs. I like Wilson. And it makes it 6-5. Yeah. Then while Addison, no, it wasn't Addison Russell. While Javier Baez is up to bat. Was it Baez? Uh, yes. Yes. And no, no, it was Matt Caesar. While Matt Caesar's up to bat. The wild pitch. Wild pitch makes it 6-6. Six, six, and it's like, are you kidding me? That was, was so It was great. awesome. I didn't, that was so great. Normally, on anything like that, I would have been like, yeah, so I'd have been pumped up, going nuts on the edge of my seat. But I just laid in bed watching it because I kind of was already resigned to the fact that this was a loss. You were in bed at like 9? Dude, I played baseball yesterday. Oh, okay. Shoulder. No, the game ended at like 9.30. So you were in bed at like 8. I was watching in bed at 9 because my Apple TV, I don't have cable, so I have to watch through uh, either Apple TV normally, which is actually working really good today. Normally doesn't work that strong. Oh, that's so Apple I was watching TV. in the bedroom on the Roku. Okay. Which the, my MLB app, which actually I had to watch the ESPN app, was working much better. So that's why I watched the game. He's Apple TV in the streets, Roku in the sheets. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I was, and then t- uh, Hayward leading it off with what I th- was hoping was a home run. It was so close. Oh, it was like a foot and a half short of the basket. Yeah, yeah. 
We get him over to third on a sack fly, and then Lester comes up. And you're thinking, why is Lester up? Why the fuck is Lester up? Jake Arrieta is a better hitter. But, but then he they doesn't put it in contact. He strikes mind. out more where Lester actually does make contact. Lester isn't a good hitter, but he puts on good swings a lot he of times. He has an 054 average. Career he average. hit a home run in spring training. Spring training. He played in, in the American League his entire career till last year. But you watch his games. I think he actually makes a lot of good contact. I watched several games where he makes he good contact. He hit a double or something. He does there. not strike out a lot. Yeah. He doesn't. And, he, and he's got six sacrifice bunts on the season. Just getting bat bipped all over. Totally. He really is. He should be batting 400 now. And, um, he's Madison Bumgarner. And he didn't. He swung away on one or two pitches. So with two strikes, you're like, he's not bunting What now. the fuck? Who decided that? Because that well, ever, even all the announcers were looking at the infield. They're holding Hayward on third, which you never see. Never see. You never see a guy getting held on third. You have first base in. You have second base playing shallow. You have short playing shallow. Fucker drops a bunt. A perfect bunt. Great bunt. With two strikes. With two strikes. See, that's another thing that people don't realize. He swung away on the first pitch. Then showed bunt. I believe took it back and took a strike. So that was one of those things that annoyed me. Yeah. Um, did someone catch the ball? And then look at this. They're showing a player tried to on another team tried to catch the ball in the stands but missed it and the, the whoever the first baseman was I didn't see it was too quick a highlight kind of like gave the the fan like a little bit of a shove almost and then the fan flipped off the guy wow well, that'd be a bigger story later <laughs> so all right back to this so I got to wrap this up the bunt with two strikes I think was a genius call do you know why it's a genius call because there's one out Oh, they're showing it right now. Yeah, they're showing it right now. So the, the walk-off bunt, which was a perfect bunt, but think of it this way. Perfect bunt, perfect slide. Baseball theory goes, you don't bunt with two strikes because if you foul, you're, you're out. out. Yeah. But you know why that's genius? Because you want him to strike out bunting. He's John Lester. You'd yeah. rather him strike out bunting than anything else there. You do, yeah. Because then there's still a runner at third base, right. and it, it keeps the inning going. It's a harmless. And who is up next? That's why he either gets the bunt down perfectly and we win the game, or we or Dexter Fowler comes up next. Not Dexter Fowler. Who was leading off? Because we switched up. Was Baez in the hole? I feel like Baez might have been next. I think Baez might have been in the hole. But it was what a Dak. I'm not in the hole. All told, including Travis Wood playing outfield, including having him come back in, including pinch hitting Lester there with that bunt. Maybe the most. I'll call it luck, but the most brilliantly managed game I've ever seen that I can think of, and maybe my favorite regular season Cubs game I've ever seen. Maybe. It's definitely in my top three or four regular season Cubs games I've ever seen. The Cubs had a game that I was at in 2004 in which they were up big, then went down, then went down. Or then no, they were down big and they came back. They were down, I remember... Was it a walk-off by Lou? Yeah. So, I was, so, so and Lou went back-to-back. Back. I was there. You were there, too? I was in the rooftops for that game. Cool. That was, like, early in the season? I think, yeah. It was, yeah, Todd Hollinsworth hit a two-run homer to make it 8-7. So then it was 8-7 going in the ninth inning. Sosa led off the ninth with a home run to right field. I was at right that field. fucking game, too. 8-8. Eight to eight. And then while we are still celebrating that going nuts, we're, already, we're still standing. The first Alou, pitch of Lou sees cranks it. That was insane. And right when he hit it, I jumped seven. I, if I had a basketball, I would have been able to dunk. 
at the time. <laughs> I was I was about 19 years old, so I yeah. I was able to touch rim then. I was a younger man. Yeah, yeah. I never have gotten so high. It was me and my now wife, and I think I I think I got a boost off her shoulders. Now that I think about, it. I think I did <laughs> both hands off her shoulders, and I screamed, "Cops win!" I was like like my voice cracking. I went insane. So that was the best one there. Um, I want I want to wrap That's this up though. That's the only time only time I've ever been to a rooftop. I've been to a few. Overrated. Um, over, but you want to go to a bad game. I've, I've had fun up there, but the one time you I went. free food and shit. I went one time. It was a ticket. September game, and they were facing the Cardinals, and it was kind of an important game, and I couldn't stand being up there because 95% of the people up there were just there to drink because it's all you could drink, eat. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a part yeah. of a package deal. And, and you don't really get to sit, and the sight lines are terrible. Wait, so and was, I, was, like, I, was I at that game? You could count it, yeah, because you paid a ticket. You watched the game. I, I count it. You're part, you're part of the ambience, right. the rooftops. Right. I, I'll, I, I'll allow it. I judge judge so ruling, I'll allow it. I was at that game. Well, thank you, for everyone, for checking out Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball. Uh, give us a like on Facebook. That's Comedians Talking Sports with Joe Kilgallen. Uh, follow us both on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen, at Brido. My Brido. And we're also at Comedy Sports Pod. Review us on iTunes. It goes a long way. Um, thank you for those who checked us out live on Facebook. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, this is not how our podcast typically goes. We're Listen, a little, little choppier chaos than normal. today. It was like chaos in covering the presidential election. We today. were. We were trying to be like, you know, on the on the ball with things and trying to give you the hey, latest hey, breaking news. Brokaw said that Al Gore won the election in two thousand. And he was wrong. So we were wrong with a lot he of our was speculation. Technically right. And our bouncing. I'd hate for if anyone had to actually like transcribe this, <laughs> this would have been a really hard one to do. Yeah. All right for Joe Kilgallen. Mike Bridenstine. Thank you for listening to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball.